Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, We also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Diraj Bahadwaj. I gave that my best go, but I'll get corrected in a moment because I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. Diraj is based in Kuwait. We're going to find out a little bit about his leadership story and in a moment what he does and about the organization, really interesting organization he leads. Diraj, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jono. This is a pleasure to be to be with you on this podcast. So I'm, my name is Dheeraj Bhardwaj, just to be corrected. 
Thank you. I'm the group CEO of a Citigroup company, which is a public transport transport logistics company. Yes. This, we are the market leaders uh, in the public transport in Kuwait. We take about you know sixty percent of the market share. We run um, you know the the fleet of buses, which is around seven hundred fifty buses with a with a around fifteen hundred plus people, and we serve the country. And we are you know trying to transform the whole transport sector in Kuwait. As you know, that the transport is one of the fundamental infrastructural, you know, the aspects of the, the country's economy. So we are trying to, you know, make this transformation in the country by moving from what you call in the modern world is a mobility company. That's where we are. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for, thank you for giving everyone a bit of an insight. I always like to ask, what does a day in the life of Diraj look like? You know, what do you, what do you spend most of your time through the day on? And, and, and also I always like finding out, are you a, are you the sort of person who gets up very early and, and likes to start work early? Are you a night owl? How, a bit about your day. Perfect. So, so the, the way, uh, I mean, you you map out your day with your, with your work and you map out your day with your lifestyle so that you have the better, uh, you know, the work-life balance. I mean, being a golfer, um, you know, I'm quite used to of getting up early and I bring that the same practice in my, my work uh, as well. And considering that we are a transport company where we have to provide almost a 24 seven transport service. So our operations are up and running all the time. So, you know, it's, it helps me when I get up early in the morning, you know, start my day early in the morning, checking out, finding out how the things are in, in the last evening and get started planning my day. So it's very interesting the way I look at it because you never in the daytime, you know, you never get time to think about what you need to do and plan. I usually spend my half an hour, 45 minutes early in the morning and just to to, under, to you know, plan my day that how, what am I going to do or what I'm going to achieve. But interestingly, I've been doing this over the years and I have now progressing, I'm doing pretty well. I started with, you know, only achieving 30%. Now I'm reaching nearly 50% plus, which is a very interesting thing to, to, to do. And uh, yeah, so, Eight o'clock, we start our office. Uh, go go to office. Uh, initially, I go and meet most of the time. Go and meet my colleagues in office, and as per my plan, I go and give them the you know my planning schedules to them individually, and the day runs right. And we finish the day by by five o'clock in the evening, and then you back home. You you know, I live in Kuwait. My family lives in London. My son lives in US. So my goes time goes with the <laughs> evenings, go, you know, connecting with them because it's a you know the time difference perfectly works for me. They are we are I'm ahead of two or three hours from London and you know six seven hours from New York, which perfectly works for me. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate getting a bit of an insight. Um, so let's hear about your story. Feel free to go back as far as you know, even when you were young, back to your childhood, what are some of the moments that really shaped you becoming the leader and the person you are today, Diraj? Yeah, that's a, that's a very long story, but let me just tell you, I started my uh, career and I, I actually got educated in one of the top premier institutions in India, which is Indian Institute of Technology called IIT Delhi, which is one of the very difficult, uh, the, you know, institutions to get in and they are the great institutions and one of the successful leaders you will find coming out of them. So, you know, the competitiveness, the hard work, it was, all was there in it. So we, I, I finished my PhD in 1996. And from there, I, I, for 10 years, I did the very intense research and development work, a lot of innovations. I was the architect of, um, Super India supercomputer, uh, Param Padma, which was listed in the top 500 supercomputers. And then I also worked for a very a lot of projects in the United States, um, including some of the work I did for NASA. I also did the work for, um, work for uh, interestingly, the CERN experiment, which is called the Large Hadron Collider, the Atlas experiment. I was part of the team. 
for a while. I diversified quite a lot, experimented my knowledge, which I gained. My, I'm a graduate of uh, you know, mathematics and computer science. But I tried to, the way I, I learned is that you know, having these, uh, these subjects and not be able to apply doesn't make sense to me. So I applied these things to uh, rocket science. Of course, I was involved in the first PSLV launch of India. And then I also got into the, the finding the oil below the earth's surface. So, so in some sense, I tried to apply all the algorithms and the, the techniques I learned and developed during my PhD or my research career. I applied to the real life problems from the space to the, the five kilometers below the earth's surface to find out oil. And the, the, it's the, the, one of the turning points for me was I did back and forth between India and the US and I was trying to find my place where I could better settle down and you know have a concentrated you know the place and, and do that but what I found is that's not needed in your career if you're really ambitious this place doesn't matter it absolutely doesn't matter mm. so I moved back and forth um, and you know in 2000 I did some good innovations for finding oil and oil below the earth surface I did develop a lot of algorithms supercomputer and all that the government of India gave me um, Young Scientist Award, which was the Young Scientist for Indian National Science Academy, which is a very prestigious. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you, John. Don't know. Um, this was the 2000. I received that out of. Um, I think there were about 10 or 11 uh, all over the all over India, considering the population of India. I was one of them in 2000, and in then later. Uh, I continued to work and support the government of India and different missions of telecom, uh, defense, uh, uh, you know, uh, as well as some of the uh, some of the secret services as well. And then 2002, Department of Science and Technology, Government of India, gave me another Young Scientist Award, and that was for primarily for my contributions to the you know setting up the national weather forecasting system and helping the other government entities so that was a there was another award i received then i continued with my work i was quite trying to set up a totally new uh, you know the what you call these days cloud computing that was it was a grid computing i was trying to set up the whole infrastructure wow. i did some for india and you know and then i worked with a lot of uh, private sector and as i said the uh, applications including sun microsystems i ran the sun microsystems lab in iit delhi as a professor so yeah so the, the story is that i returned back from united states in 2001 and when i reached to iit delhi i, I joined as a professor i was doing pretty good all those things were happening i in 2005 i was listed in the top 50 young powerful people in the country by one of the indian top magazine called india today among the some of the leaders uh, in in India, I was in the top fifty young guns. They call it top fifty young guns. Wow! That was a that was a remarkable you know uh, you know recognition for me. It's very India today is a well read uh, you know it's like a Forbes magazine of the of India. And in that two thousand five, I realized that in order to grow myself, one thing is why I started few startups. So let me tell you, this is an interesting story. I started three or four startups in IIT Delhi in the incubation center. They were going out well, but the feedback came after investing a lot of money. The feedback was that I've, these technologies, what I was working on were ahead of time. So I realized there is something missing. I know the technical aspect of it, but I need to learn the commercial aspect of it, business aspect of it. Yeah. After 10 years after my PhD, I decided to do full-time MBA. So in 2005, I joined Imperial College as a full-time student after 10 years of my PhD. And you believe it or not, I was the wow. oldest candidate. <laughs> MBA Wait, candidate. really? That's so incredible. Imagine that usually people don't do at the age of 35, right? The MBAs are done slightly earlier, mm. right? And I, and I came from, I, and I went, I went there with the, the academic background and the very interesting story, the first day of the class, the HR professor, the organizational development professor said, you know, guys, you need a one-pager CV. And she said, oh, 
we have a CV, which is a 15-page CV. And I was, I was going down under my desk. I said, oh, oh. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so the, the reason was that I had a, a lot of research papers published. I have about 50 research papers published in top journals and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I have all listed them down. As you know, the academics are very different than uh, academic CVs are very different than the, the business CVs. Okay, right? So, yeah, that was an interesting journey for one year, full-time MBA. I did it. The first semester, let me tell you, was a nightmare for me. I almost thought I will fail. Yeah. But, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, at the end, actually, I took my class and I got the best project award. <laughs> for MBA. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And then turning point came. Uh, I decided to go back to India and I was quite passionate about these startups and entrepreneurship, which is my is still in my blood and I still keep on trying that. I'm not giving up even at this age. So, but at that time, what happened is I met a gentleman called Ray O'Rourke. Uh, he's a chairman and CEO of Langer O'Rourke. Right. And he said, one of my professors, he yes. said, let me, let me introduce you. And, and but wow. by the way, Langaruk is a big construction company in Australia as well. They're, yeah, they're yeah, yeah, I know of them. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and I was one of them to uh, establish the, the Langaruk business uh, in Australia in, in 2006 when I joined. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So what happened is, this is a very interesting story with my turning point in, my, the, the, in the commercial and business world. So the railroad met me in India and... Uh, he is, this is a very interesting story. It's he, and I met him at the, at the breakfast morning. He pulled out a, a tissue paper from the tissue box and a pen, and he drew one line and he said that there's this a capability scale from zero to 10. And as a construction company, we are a bunch of, uh, we, are, we are the, the good bunch of the bad contractors. And in that year, the good to great company, the book, the good to great, if you remember, uh, came at that time. And he was yes, trying yeah, to great book. That is correct. And then he said, look, in 2006, we are a capability scale on 1 to 10, 3.75. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, my mission is by 2012, within five years, six years time, we want to be 8.5 in capability scale from 0 to 10. Wow. That's and a big jump. Okay. Then he said, Dheeraj, you have one question to ask. And I said, okay, I gave a little moment, a few seconds. And then I said, Ray, who is 10? So he said the 10 <laughs> in 2006, hmm. because I, I kind of guessed that there is no definition for 3.75. There is no definition, definition for 8.5, right? That the defined definition, it's just a leader who has this intuition that he is, he is kind of self-evaluating and, and yeah. honestly, I'm 3.75, but mm. what it means in terms of in terms of the different parameters, he doesn't have that, right? I kind of realized it, and I asked him who is 10, so that I can I can start thinking what we need, what it, then I can have a context that what 8.5 means, what 3.75 means. So I asked him what is 8.5, who is 10? At that time, he gave me three things. 2006, yeah, he said Tiger Woods. If you recall Tiger Wood in 2006, even now, if you think of Tiger Wood, is legend, right? Then nobody could beat him constantly, consistently, you know, winning, 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 winning. That's it. Toyota, he said, another one means Toyota. Toyota is great car manufacturer. And then said IBM in 2006. That mm. gave me the context. And then he said, okay, let's go and get the breakfast. We went and, you know, went to the breakfast. And he said, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm very clear, Ray. I will define what a 3.75 means. And then I'll define 8.5 means. Then I'll define a roadmap and have these initiatives to go forward. On the table, within this conversation of 20 minutes, he said, Dheeraj, you have the job. You are my head of strategy. You are head of innovation. When can you join? <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? That's incredible. And this was in India. And I said, Ray, I've just come back from the, my business school completing uh, after one year uh, from London to see my family. Can you give me 10 days? I will be back. I'll come back. And I, I said, okay, I have a job. I came back. I, I got my books and everything. I told my wife, don't open these. They're going back. Right. And after 10 days, I got a call from the Ray's PA said, 
uh, Ray wants to see you tomorrow morning. I said, okay, let's go. Next morning, I was in Dartford, London, in Dartford in uh, Kent. And uh, believe it or not, I was offered a salary, which was, and the whole package, which was unbelievably at least two times of anybody in my business school in my class got it. Wow. Right. It was, <laughs> I was one of the, you know, the top taxpayers from the day one. Right. Mm. And then he said to me, and because I went to, this is another very interesting story where I learned a lot of things is uh, then he, and I, I come from computer science. I had no idea of the construction, never done anything in the, in the civil engineering. Right. Then the Ray Rourke, uh, I mean, I was asking, they said, I want to, I, I would like to uh, transform the business. I want to see the change. I want to bring somebody who doesn't bring any baggage from my industry, think differently. I want you to do that. So I was after him and saying, Ray, tell me something. Tell me something. What do you want? What's in your mind? What's in your mind? One day, he, he is he's very good. I mean, he wants to see his people well-dressed, you know, with the ties, suits, and well, he, he takes care of the people. He's a great leader. So he... Um, one day I on I wasn't wearing tie. He caught my neck and said, Dheeraj, here's your tie. I said, Ray, today my working day is I took my tie off. He said, Okay. So he said, I want to build without scaffolding. He just said that sentence. I said, I want to build without scaffolding. And he left. I ran behind him. I said, Ray, tell me more. He said, I want to build without scaffolding. See me on on Monday in my office. And Monday means seven, eight o'clock. I have to see him. Right? And this was Wednesday. I had, I thought, what the heck he said. So I went back to my <laughs> colleagues and said, and trust me, Zono, I never, never heard of word scaffolding. I didn't know what is scaffolding. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. I rushed to my colleagues and one of the colleagues in my team, he's a quite experienced guy. Uh, he built, you know, the London 2012 Olympic Park. He was the project director there. He was in my team. And I went to him, Stuart. I said, Stuart, they just said, you want to build without scaffolding. What is this scaffolding? And this guy was a very interesting, a very interesting person. He hold my hand and said, Dheeraj, come. And he took me and he said, come. I said, Stuart, where are we going? No, 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 come, sit in my car. I sat in the car, he's driving, driving, and driving towards London. I said, where are you going? He said, just sit, keep quiet. We went to London and there was a project in London, which is Cannon Street. And he stopped there at the project site and he said, this is scaffolding. So no, that was my, you know, the turn, that was like when I saw the scaffolding, mm. I started connecting back everything, which Ray used to tell me that the construction industry had the poor image, yeah, 40% waste, kills people. It's, if you think, if you ask anybody in the society, how is construction? Everybody is, nobody's happy about it. We create noise, we create nonsense. And that time, when I looked at the scaffolding, I came back, I didn't sleep for three days. And I went to, and I talked to a lot of people. Yeah, uh, my advisors, my people. I understand what is it, what is not. And then, eight o'clock in the morning. Ray is very, very punctual about time. If it is eight, means eight. Eight, one past, one minute past eight, he will lock his door. That means you are not allowed to get in. <laughs> I love that. He was, he was like, if you have a meeting, he will come exactly two minutes before he go to the close to the door, and he will lock the door. Anybody out is out. Anybody in is in. That's it. Right. <laughs> That's great. So I, so I, I went, I, I was there, right? Two minutes before eight um, in front of his office. I went to his office and he said, you have, you have, uh, what's your, what's your answer? I said, Ray, I got it. He said, you got it. What do you got it? I said, look, the problem in the construction is because everything is produced. The production is on site, which is ridiculous. Mm. We need mm. to move. That is causing all the problems. We need to move all the production off-site in a controlled environment, in a safer environment. And we change. We need to change the, the construction process. He said, Dira, you got it. Tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, see me at the helipad. So this office at Dartford has a helipad and Ray himself is a pilot. So he, he said, come in the morning. Next, next day, I went to, again, at the, at the 9 o'clock. Uh, he took me in the helicopter to a Midlands and he showed me a site. He said, this is the 200 acre land. I have bought this land to build the modern factory. Wow. Right. And that fact, that time I defined the strategy. If you look at the language strategy, it's still safe. This is called design for manufacturing and assembly. 
right? And that's how I started the, my, this whole transformation journey for construction. And very interesting, another interesting story, though, is that he gave me the job title as a head of strategy, as a head of innovation. Yeah. 2000, innovation and strategies. And believe me, I lived with that job title for six years, and I had a struggle to find a job after that. Because nobody understood what is innovation strategy. <laughs> that job title doesn't exist, didn't exist at that time. Today, it's, it's quite a popular job title. It's a very high profile job title. So I had to explain people that I was the head of innovation. Yeah, right? yeah, true. And, you know, there was a lot of work I did with the, with the real business people, uh, created a lot of training programs, uh, you know, and all those things. Then I decided, said, I'd look, look, I have not completed my ambition yet. I came back in 2012. I decided to have another startup. I spent six months on the startup, built it. Everything was done. Then all of a sudden, then I realized, let's go back to look at, try to get some funding out for this. And then I, again, the same feedback ahead of time. So I had to went back to the PwC for the job. Yeah. Joined the PricewaterhouseCoopers as a, in, in their uh, strategy consulting team. In the UK, I worked on, uh, you know, the aircraft carrier project, worked for a very large organization like Alstom, Rolls-Royce, Bombardier. I did a lot of projects. And at that time, and this was 2012, 2013. So one, uh, one of the, one of the headhunters, Hydrogen Struggle, a friend of mine from my previous company, he said, there is a great opportunity. What you have done in the, in the UK for construction industry, there's an opportunity to do it Middle East. And he said, yes. this, is great. this is a great company which is built the Burj Khalifa, the Emirates, so they need to be transformed. They need to mm. have this expertise. I said, okay, fine. And I never, I never came to, I never visited Middle East. I never, and I had a very different impression about Middle East. I said, let's go, let's go try it out. I came to the, the Abu Dhabi in 2013. And, you know, when I saw this amazing, so I, jo I moved to Abu Dhabi as a, as a business transformation, head of business uh, transformation and strategy for a largest construction company in the Abu Dhabi. It was a great experience learning wow. from the, from the, the the, some of the projects I work, I mean, I'm really proud of is the Loop Museum, Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi. And it, this project was uh, not getting off the ground and it was having a lot of problems in terms of organizing, planning and all that because the practices were very poor. I personally took, uh, you know, I personally took the responsibility, worked with the project director on a daily basis in three months, the project worked off the ground and you see the result. Amazing, stunning architecture. Yeah, wow. So I, I personally took that because I, I learned a lot of the things which these guys were not doing it. Because one of the things which I found, you know, that we be talking about this leadership and one of the, my experience in leadership is, the definition is very, very important is, people think leadership means the CXOs, the CEO and the CFOs. And in particularly in the developing countries and the part, in, in the part I'm living in, this is how people think. So I started changing the, you know, the changing the definition and mindset to people saying anybody could be leader. Leader means anybody who's, you know, taking two steps ahead of his job. Yeah. Showing his and I gave you the example of it. So I was working on a project and, you know, for a, a government entity as a consultant. And there was a coffee shop at the, at the reception. Every time I used to go, I used to order my, co my coffee. And I realized after three, four times, this by the time he sees me walking in, he started preparing my coffee. By the time I reach, my coffee is ready, right? So if you think of it, the guy was doing a leadership. He was understanding the customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's called leadership. Anyway, so I worked in the, the PwC, did a lot of transformation. Then, sorry, from Arab Tech, I joined I did for two years and then I did, I, I wanted to go back to the consulting, have a better, you know, the contribution in the region because Saudi Arabia at that time was coming up with the transformation and UAE was coming up the transformation. So I came, yeah, I, I joined PricewaterhouseCoopers, their strategy consulting team. And 
And in 2050, the ruler of Dubai, he had a vision that he wanted to create and have Dubai as a as the best innovative city, number one innovative city in the world. Yes. And I got involved with the with the you know in that session, and I developed the, something called Dubai Innovation Index because, as you know, you know, we say it: if you are not scoring, you are practicing, you are not playing. Right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, 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 it's good. So yeah. So what I said to the the prime minister's office is the guys, you know, you want to become number one, but do you know where you are right now? And then, uh, and then, how are you going to progress? Because you need to see in which areas, which part, which aspects of the innovation you need to focus on, and what what policies you need to bring in. So I developed uh, the Dubai Innovation Index, which is a quite a unique uh, innovation index, uh, con- uh, including thirty innovative, most innovative city in the city, uh, cities in the world which came out of the Global Innovation Index, which was also done by my colleagues at PwC, other parts of the PwC practice. So in 2015, when I did it, I this project received uh, Sheikh Mohammed, which is the ruler of Dubai's Dubai Excellence Award. Yeah. Wow. And then, then in Sydney, 2016, interestingly, again, back to Sydney, Australia, there was a World Chamber of Congress this was project was done in collaboration with uh, Dubai Chamber. So there was a World Chamber of Congress held in 2016 or 17. And this project won another award in World Chamber of Congress. And I think that I, until I was there, uh, there was four, four editions were uh, published and then, yeah. and then there is a fifth edition after the pandemic, there was a gap, but now there's a fifth edition published there. Very successful project, very interesting project. Then I did a lot of transformation projects to transform the whole road and transport authority in in, the, in Dubai. So, so the the whole thing what I learned is that I what I love and personally as as a as a practitioner is I love to transform things. I love love to take challenges, and this is what yeah. I call it. Really want to show your leadership, get out of your comfort zone, and try to take something which is you prove that you can mm. do it, right? The, yeah. And then, and one of the saying is that, which I personally believe, that if you are comfortable in, in any role or any place, that means it's a time to leave because there is nothing more to learn. Yes. So, the, you know, the learning and transforming is, is one of the key things which keeps me drive, driving and keeps my life going forward. And a very interesting thing, uh, so no, I, uh, when I was with the PwC, they have a very interesting uh, leadership program called My Way. And it's, I was, I was uh, with the people who are potential partners, they make, make them do that. It's a very interesting uh, program, which is purely leadership program based on the psychology, right? And it's all about self-awareness and defining your values, defining your, your objectives in life. Yes, and based on that, creating the you know to so the, the the one thing which I defined from there was that I cannot fail. I cannot fail myself, and I cannot let anybody fail me. Yeah, I have a very simple my personal mm. personal. I know people. I have a it's not maybe not be a very good leadership quality, but <laughs> that helps me. That yes. I'm a little bit self-aware and a little bit self-centric too. Which is, I believe, there's nothing wrong because if I'm not self-centric, how can I make drive my myself and drive help others drive the engine? Right. Yeah. So I, I I have a very simple theory that I will not let anybody fail in my mission, and I bring mm. people up with me, help them as far as I can do, and bring them to the team, working together, and make the make the mission make the mission which I've taken successful, right? If you are, yeah. see the two, to me it's like if you are, if you are not self-passionate about something, you will not, you will not be able to achieve it. You, you know, I don't do things half. So let me give you very interesting in the golf. I mean, I learned a lot of things from the golf. Yeah. In golf, there's a one very simple thing. If you're going and going and preparing to hit a shot and in the last minute, if you are, 
if you pull back or if you're not fully committed, I can tell you, ball will not go 10 meters. So once you, before you decide, you do every planning, you all calculation, but once you decided you're going to do it, means you have to be 100% committed. You've yeah. got to do it. No, no pullback. Yeah, I love that. That's how, that's how, you know, no, I have, I've been driving. Now, coming back to after this story, coming back to the Kuwait, I was running a very successful startup in Dubai, which is the electric scooter startup in, uh, called Arna Mobility. But I decided at that point uh, that I need to take another challenge. The startup is still working there. Yes. And I, I found that the Kuwait, uh, the transport sector is quite behind in, compared to other parts of the world, in the, in the, even in the Middle East. So I said, let's take this another challenge of life and let's transform it. And I came here uh, in June, the middle of the deep pandemic, deep situation. I was probably, nobody was able to come into the Kuwait. I was able to come because. <laughs> you know, wow. The country needed me, I thought, and this is like how it's happened. So what I, what I have, the, the way, and this is another big challenge I have taken, a serious challenge I have taken here. Here, as you may imagine, it's an oil rich, third richest sovereign fund in the world. They don't believe in, you know, the, the, the diesel and the petrol is far more cheaper than the water. Yes. People don't want to use public transport. Only the, the blue collar workers, they use the, uh, you know, the blue, uh, the, the public transport. I have taken a challenge. So I have defined this strategy. I took almost four years, as I said, that I spent quite a lot of time in planning and serious planning so that nothing left and nothing, uh, you know, make you fail. And this strategy I've challenged, put challenge myself that I will make, I will reduce at least 30% cars off the street in three years. <laughs> wow. And I think, uh, I think I'm, we are making good progress. We are making good progress. We are launching a lot of, the one good thing which I, and then you have to find, work with the culture, work with the regulations, work with, you know, the, the people around it. And you find what is really, you know, what is, what is one thing which will help these guys change their mindset, right? And I found that in this country, the digital adoption is very, very high. People are crazy about, you know, the mobile phones. People are crazy about social yeah. media and all that. I said, perfect. This is perfect. So now the whole transport is I'm um, transforming into mobility. And all everything through the mobile service, mobile, mobile apps, right? Your services are available on demand. Your mobility yeah. is, is, you know, and I think I think we will succeed in that space. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it it's um, it makes sense, and I love that perspective that you looked at it and said, okay, there's other locations have transformed for different reasons, but that's not going to work here. So what yeah. what are they passionate about? And you've identified that, and that's really the core foundation of your strategy. Exactly. Exactly. That is. That's what you have to, so this is where another thing important in the, any of these transformation is that you have a lot of knowledge learned from everywhere, but the success relies on that, how you are, your ability to translate to the local needs and local culture, local behaviors and local, you know, the, how the, how the, the everything else works locally. So that's, yes. that's what I'm trying to do it. Hopefully touch wood, I'll be successful in my mission, what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's wonderful to hear. I, I want to ask you, what have you, you know, <laughs> doing rocket science and, uh, and working, working in your PhD, what things have you learned from those years in leadership and business that are the same? And what things have you experienced in leadership and business that are actually different and counterintuitive to how some things work in, in science? I think there is there. I think that there are a lot of parallel parallels uh, in both things. The the problem the the thing is in businesses, the academics academics gives you you know how to structure uh, how to structure problem before you go and solve it. In businesses, because of the business, what happens because of your pressures on the P and L and revenue and the profits, the people tend to react are more reactive than 
thinking and going, you know, the, before restructuring, they take the actions. They believe in taking actions before without structuring. Yes. And I, I, because I have done the, the in and out of the academics, the consulting and industry, you know, this is what I see is that, that when you are in academics and consulting, what I learned is the, how to structure a problem. But in businesses, things, whenever I have started, it's, it's all chaos. And if you bring these things together, I mean, that's the great success story. And this is exactly what I've done in, in all the all the businesses where I work with. Yeah. So you, you bring that structure and then you take those business decisions, which are much more impactful, rather than you make a decision and you're going into the, you know, iterative loop, right? Which is in a back and forth in the loop. Rather, you just define it, structure it, and go for it. And uh, and your decisions are. So this is another very interesting thing. You know, is that uh, another thing which I've learned in that because of the digital, that you know the people started talking about the digital, you know, digital transformation, digital transformation. I think, in my opinion, I, after working with consulting for so many, eighty percent of the business leaders don't understand what digital transformation means. Yeah, and I use. You tell them very simple thing. Look, there is a digital transformation has a very simple, one simple definition that if your decisions are based on analyzed data, you are digital. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Right? Mm. And what is it? I mean, at the end of the day, you can bring all these big digital technologies, but at the end of the day, your decisions are, you know, based, should be based on analyzed data. What data is telling you, follow it, right? Data cannot lie, but it has to be yes. put in perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, so, and I, lo I love what you said earlier. If you're not scoring, uh, if you're not keeping score, you're practicing, not playing. Absolutely. That's such yeah, a good absolutely. quote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to I want to ask you some Leadership Express questions. So a bunch of questions. Just the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, the first one is, what's a book that you've uh, gifted to other people? A book that you'll tend to you know, give as a gift if you're part of a company or a young leader or uh, a new client or friends? Any books that you like to give away? Yeah, it's called Six Minds for Future. Six this Minds a, for Future. Yeah. I forgot Brilliant. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Oh, people can look that up. That's awesome. Love it. Uh, any great podcasts you're listening to at the moment? I, I do listen to some of the podcasts in my industry, which is from uh, Commotion, uh, my colleagues at the new cities, um, uh, you know, primarily in the space of the mobility where the, the mobility is moving. So I, I try to remain the very focused. So the Commotion guys are my dear friends. Brilliant. Um, yeah. What's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? I think the, the recent one is the, the, the self-awareness and, you know, self-awareness and self-evaluation self and true to yourself is, is one of the most important leadership lessons I've learned. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, what about a great piece of advice you received at some point where someone gave you great advice? Oh, that's, that's, that's brilliant. This is very good. Uh, one of my colleagues, one time, I was, uh, he advised me a very interesting thing. He said, Dheeraj, Remember, you as a person, when you are, if you want to be successful, you have to focus on your brand, right? And this brand, you build yourself, when you, somebody, people see you, they, they know who you are. And the problem with this brand is that it stick to yourself so much that it's very difficult to change, right? Mm, yeah. And once I heard that, and since then, I started thinking a lot before I do anything, that how this is going to, the, how the people are going to perceive my actions. Yeah, what yeah. It will create in their minds, right? And that was a great advice. And I give it to all my, all the youngsters saying, when you are starting your career, remember the brand starts building from the day one and it lives with your life whole time. You know, I know this, yes. that people call me geek. Even I'm a, I'm a solid commercial person, but people still think I'm a geek. <laughs> mm. It doesn't go away. 
that's the problem. It doesn't go away. Yeah, that's right. So be intentional with what you do, knowing it's it's going to be part of your brand. That's wonderful advice. Uh, what about a movie or TV show, um, anything uh, or another book that really impacted you? I think the the beautiful mind, uh, you know. Yes. Is, that is one of the you know the game theory book, uh, you know, that was I've watched times and times and times that how someone can be so much passionate about you know what they do. Uh, yes. In even it was a beautiful movie. Um, and I love to watch anytime. Yeah, that's a great, that's another great recommendation. Um, and last question, what, if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Um, be curious all the time and don't be afraid. Take the challenges, go for it. Once you convince yourself, go for it. And always remain curious, learning. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Always remain curious. That's great. Uh, great advice. And this is, this has been a real joy to, to hear your stories for those who want to connect with you online. Um, just to thank you for what you've shared today or to reach out to you for some reason about what, you know, the work you do with your, uh, with the group of companies. Uh, what's the yeah. best way for people to connect with you online, LinkedIn or Twitter and, and those sort of things. LinkedIn. Perfect. LinkedIn is perfect for me. Wonderful. People can uh, can uh, can go to LinkedIn and find you there and connect with you. And um, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, spending time. Today's been brilliant. I've really loved uh, chatting with Diraj. Um, and uh, so also a reminder for our listeners, we also have the John O. White Leadership Podcast and Leadership Question of the Day, a couple of other podcasts to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Diraj for being so generous with your time, for, for sharing incredible stories. My my mind's still reeling uh, knowing more of your story about the things you've done and uh, just incredible and and wonderful to hear the link the links you made between science and your PhD and innovation in construction, which has really influenced where I am here as well in Australia. And what a wonderful, wonderful story and uh, just a real joy to, to listen to you unpack that. So thank you so much for your time, Diraj. Thank you very much, Jono. It was a pleasure sharing my experience with you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org 
forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.